welcome to the Fit Life with Jessica podcast, where we talk about how to create and maintain healthy habits with our fitness, nutrition, and overall well-being. This is a place where you can come to get real life, health, and fitness advice from a busy working mama who has a passion for helping others find their way to health and happiness. We're all in this crazy journey together, so why not lean on and lift each other up in the process? Imagine what it would feel like starting your day with a really easy to make, energy boosting, fat burning, but yummy smoothie. If that sounds like your jam, I've got you covered. I have the ultimate smoothie making guide for you. It is totally free. I've got four of my go-to smoothie recipes in there. So make sure, click the link in the show notes and grab that smoothie making guide. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. I am so stoked. We have got an amazing guest. want to welcome Meg to the show. Meg, thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to be here, Jessica. Thank you so much for inviting me here. Yes. You got to love Instagram where you just meet women and you connect pretty much instantly. And you're like, you're my jam. You're my people. We need to be friends. (laughs) Exactly. I know. My husband was like, how did you and um, Jessica connect? And I was like, well, funny story. I connected with her because she's friends with somebody that I know. And then she happened to go to the same dino place that we went and we just hit it off. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's so good. So Meg is a holistic health coach, and I knew when I saw that we had to have you on the podcast. I'm like, I'm all about this, and I saw you were a podcaster too, so gotta love when we get connected that way. Um, But tell our listeners a little bit about you. Like, what's your story, and um, what do you do for a living? Yeah, well, I'm just so grateful to be here, and Um, A little bit about me. First and foremost, I am a mom of one, a little four-year-old who keeps me on my toes. He's very active, and so I'm always, always going with him. And um, I was previously an elementary school teacher, and I've been married for almost, oh my gosh, seven years. It'll be seven years in June. And um, talking about my son and then teaching, those are two of the big reasons why I ended up where I am today in this um, holistic health coaching space, because Um, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be an elementary school teacher. However, that was just not my true purpose and my path. I realized during my final year of teaching that I was very, very burnt out and stressed out. Um, and the way that I dealt with my burnout and my stress was by emotionally eating. And I felt very unhealthy and uncomfortable in my body. That time I've dealt with body dysmorphia and body image issues And it just hit an all-time high at that point in my life. And it was through that that I realized after um, deciding to step away from teaching that I needed to take care of my health and learn more about it and um, stop just beating myself up for eating certain things and using working out as a punishment, but finding a different way that actually was helpful instead of harmful for my body. Mm. And um, through that, I decided that, um, after having my son, that he was a big reason why I wanted to show up and be able to be active and model a healthy lifestyle for him and show him the importance of taking care of yourself in the right way. I decided to go back to school and earn my um, certification in health and life coaching. And that kind of 
led me to where I am now. That's like a very short version of it. Yes. What, um, when did you leave the teaching world? Back in, oh my goodness, 2016. I can't believe it's been that long. Okay. Okay. I have a ton of girlfriends who are teachers. Ironically, a lot of my clients are teachers and that is just one of the most difficult jobs. It is so taxing. Not only physically, but also like mentally and emotionally. And I just oh, don't yeah. think that teachers get enough love, especially, dear God, especially right now in oh. the world that we live in. So I just, you know, I commend you for, for listening to yourself and really listening to what you needed and knowing like, this is not the path I want to take yeah. because so many people I think are afraid to lean into that. Like mm-hmm. I knew I, I knew I had to leave my corporate job years before I did. Like it was a very tough, um, uh, you know, push pull and really hard decision, but I commend you for listening to your body and listening to yourself and knowing like, I can't go on like this. Burnout is real. And when it starts affecting your body and you know, we only have one life to live, right? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta do it right. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say it was not an easy choice to make. It wasn't one that I, at first, the way that it came about, um, I will say I was let go of my position because my students didn't reach a certain score on one certain Mm -hmm. standardized test, which left a very bad taste in my mouth. Um, And I did get offered another teaching position and I had parents that were fighting into that specific school day. It was just through that that I realized as much as I love the children and that's doing the other aspects of it, I didn't love as you were saying, that burnout, that stress, that I felt just aligned and it took me, I was like floating and trying to figure out, I'm like, what is my purpose? What am I meant to do? And health and getting self-healthy and starting to feel great that I realized this is what I'm meant to do. I am meant to show other women how to effectively take care of their bodies without feeling like they have and work out to feel powerful and beautiful and strong and amazing in their body. Absolutely. I, I just love that. That's what you're all about, you know? And I think that so often, um, sometimes it is a little nudge from the universe because something very similar happened to me. It was like, well, this is something that is, um, you might not have, you know, taken that jump or done what you did at that time, but there was a, a little nod from the universe, a jump, a shove, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, um, sometimes the universe has bigger plans for us. And for sure. So what, what did that look like for you? You say, you know, through your own journey of healing and, um, you know, getting healthy and really getting your body and your mind back on the right track. Like what did that journey look like for you personally? Uh, so let's see. <laughs> it's big, a big, a big question, question. I know. <laughs> we're to pack a smaller response so we're not here all day. Um, but it really started with first um, digging in, like, how I, I, I'm feeling like crap in my body. Pretty much, like, just yeah. appearance, eating how I was feeling. I dealt with daily stomach aches, um, stomach bloat, pregnant. Um, acne, eczema, I was chronically moody and I realized, you know, that's not how I want to feel. That's not how I want to go about day to day. This is not how I want to live. That's not why I was created. And I decided to invest in a workout program and that workout program was paired with, um, a meal plan and I tried well for, it was. I'm partnered with this company and I love the work 
but I realized there was something missing specifically for me because I felt like I needed more. And that's why I decided to go back to school and learn a lot of why I was having these certain symptoms and why I was using food to numb my emotions and getting into that why, like, why are these things coming up? And a more aligned for me. So I'm sure that like totally answers the question. But yeah, no, absolutely. And it, and oftentimes it you know starts with one catalyst, right? Like it's one person, it's yeah. one thing, it's one place, and then you know it really evolves over time. And like I feel like you know that journey is never really over for us. It's like always evolving. Um, yeah. And I think really, like you said, leaning into and tapping into the deeper reasons why is something that is so important. And I think it gets looked over a lot of the time with so many, um, health coaches or health plans or health and wellness, or just, you know, gyms in general, like we don't really get to the root of the issue and ask Mm -hmm. ourselves why, you know, why do I feel this way? And it's, um, uncomfortable to do, right? Like it's uncomfortable to sit with yourself and to go inward and to look at, this, you know, sometimes seemingly ugly feelings or emotions or tendencies that we might have. I say ugly in quotation marks, you know what I mean? But, um, that (laughs) is the crux of it all. Like that is where it all begins is that internal why. And I think that's beautiful. That that was something that you were able to learn. And then now you're able to turn back and, you know, share with your clients. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what I realized during that work is, and you know, the past year or so is really feeling into and living into like, is this aligned for me? Does this feel right for me? Because there are so many different plans out there and, um, diets that tell you to just eat a certain way or do a certain thing. And that's great. And that's wonderful. And it may work for a short amount of time. And also you need to dig into, well, does that actually feel aligned for me? Does this mm. actually lean into how I want to feel? Does this lean into my health and wellness goals? Or do I just feel like I need to do this because everybody else is doing it? And I felt like that for so long. And that's where like, I started to question a lot of things because I'm like, this is working, you know, based on what you see on social media and stuff. I'm like, this is working for everybody else. Like, why is it not working for me? Like what, and you internalize that, like, what is wrong with me? Why am I continuously failing? The problem wasn't me. The problem was that specific plan wasn't meant for me. And there's, it's really what I help my clients do is get in tune with what is right for them because every woman's body is made so our different Mm -hmm. phases of our cycle and you have to figure out what is best for you for everybody else, but dig in and self-trust and that self-awareness and identify what is best for me. That's so true. It isn't, it is not a one size fits all. And it's not something that just because this fad or that fad is a fad right now, um, it's not (laughs) for everybody. And it's interesting that you brought up cycle thinking and things like that. Are you familiar with, um, or is this how we met through Ash McDonald? Yes. You know, Ash, I do. She was my um, mentor actually for um, over, well over a year. (laughs) Okay. We have that in common. Maybe that is how we found each other because I just came out of one of her masterminds and she was one of those people that first introduced me to cycle thinking Mm -hmm. and really this whole notion of alignment, but like understanding that women's bodies are on a 28 day cycle, not like a man's body that is on a 24 hour 
cycle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yep. really understanding that we are made so differently, but leaning into that and, and understanding like you do what works for you and what feels good for you. And that can change over time too. And we have the autonomy to change that and do that. Um, but that is just such a game changer when we understand that like we have the power to make that change and we have the power to, you know, really like set our own course in terms of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I really, I'll go. I was just going to ask, like when it comes to coaching and working with women, like how do you work with women specifically? And like, what do you love about, about coaching? Oh, I have, there's so many pieces that I love about it, but what I really, my, I should say my absolute favorite part is when I'm on sessions with my clients and then they have these like big aha moments and it like all comes together for them and they're like, wow, this makes so much sense. And you're like mirroring things back for them and then they're hearing it in the way that they need to hear it. And it's just all, all the pieces are coming together and it's like a full circle moment. And it just fills me with so much gratitude and so much joy to be able to experience that. Oh yes. I love a good aha moment. Yes. (laughs) Totally, totally agree. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it solidifies why you're doing what you're doing. Like, oh, this just feels so good. Like you, it's unleashing unknown wisdom and power within them. And then they're like having that moment, like, oh my gosh, this has been here all, all this time, but I just wasn't completely in tune with my inner voice that was trying to get out to me. So that's just, I love that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is probably like one of the biggest misconceptions people have around food or around diet? I think I often hear is a few things, but the first thing is like restrict and deprive. Like I Mm, have to, I'm not allowed to eat this because it's, uh, I'm not going to be able to lose weight or I'm not going to be able to look the way that I, I want to. Or the other thing that I've heard a lot, cause I just got through, um, a nutrition week event that I hosted and it was, this is good or this is bad. Like if I eat this mm. and what happens is we internalize, like if I eat this, then I am bad. If I eat this, then I am good. But what I help women realize is there's no, like, of course there's foods that are better for your body, but when you say things are good or things are bad, then you, you're taking that on and you're taking on that role like, oh, I had this, then I am bad. And what is the point of like continuously going anymore? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's the, the biggest misconception is that you have to restrict and deprive to feel like that you want to and create a body that you feel confident and love living in pretty much. I, I completely agree. I think that that is something that we learn at a young age, like when mm. we're, you know, when we're in our twenties and we're just trying to look good in college and mm-hmm. it was nothing but restriction and yep. deprivation. And in so many cases, like it's actually quite the opposite when it comes yeah. to food and nutrition, you know, there's not foods that are off limits. It's like, let's, let's find out what works for your body. Let's yeah. eat more of that. And thinking about, I always tell my clients, like, think about this food as fuel and nourishment. Like we're going to eat these foods because they bless our body. We're going to eat these foods because they're going to give you the energy to show up for your business, for your children, for your family. And like thinking of food that way can be such a game changer instead of red light, green light, instead of good or bad, because it's, I feel like we're taught that for, for so many years, we've been taught that foods are good or bad and, Oh, I'm being bad today. Like I'm going to have this or, Oh, I'm being bad at dinner. I'm going to have that. This is a cheat meal. Like I, I personally don't believe in that. Like 
Yeah. And I think that you should do what feels good for you, but, um, it can get a little dangerous to, to be in this, in this position where you're like, Oh, I'm being bad or I'm being good. And it's, it's pretty toxic. And I feel like it's this cycle too, right? It's a cyclical, um, trap that we get trapped in sometimes where, you know, you're on a roll with being good. And then once you fall off the wagon, it's like, well, you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket kind of situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I've heard too is like, Oh, I've been so good. Now I deserve to have this. And then it ends up self-sabotaging your, your, all of your progress because you have that mentality like, oh, I'm being good now. I deserve this. Oh, I'm being good now. I deserve this. Instead of like, this is just a lifestyle. If I want to have, I'm just, I'm trying to think of something. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just like pausing to say, is this aligned to my health and wellness goals? And is this aligned to how I want to feel? And sometimes the answer is going to be yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer is going to be no, but it's removing that um, mindset. Like if I eat this, then I'm bad. I'm ruining all my goals. Like this is going to completely deter my progress. Instead, just saying, you know what? I feel like having a brownie. I'm going to enjoy this and that's okay. I don't have to have a brownie every single day. And it's removing that restriction and that deprivation is where you step into that freedom and not feeling like you have to have something all of the time because you're restricting yourself from having it. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause I, what you said made me think about self-sabotage. So I wanted to bring mm. that up. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I just like truth, Sarah, I mean, I am certainly guilty of some self-sabotage, you know, I'm working oh, through yeah. that and it's, you know, it's a big deal. Like what it, it, aside from like, when you say I've been so good, I, I've earned this, like self-sabotage can be unconscious too, right? This like mm-hmm. upper limit problem where, and this is, this is kind of where I am. And you'll have to tell me if you see this in your clients and like, what advice do you have for people about that? Where like subconsciously you get to this next level of training or of eating or whatever. And you're like, God, I haven't felt this good in a long time. Or you're on a, you're on a roll and you're just like, things are humming and things are feeling good. And then it's not like a conscious choice, like to say, I'm going to have this or I'm going to, but it, it is almost a ripple effect or a domino effect of then bad decisions and destructive behavior. Do you see that? Like, what, what would you say to somebody, um, who struggles with that? Cause I think I hear self-sabotage so much and we see it in not only food, but like in our business and in our relationships and things like that. Um, what is your take on that? I would say it really, I mean, having the awareness is number one. Like if you're noticing some of those self-sabotaging behaviors start to present themselves, really identify why is this happening? Maybe there was a shift in your relationship or a stressful moment came up and just really taking the time to say, why is this coming up for me? And then from there asking, is this behavior serving me? And the answer might be yes in that moment, that it might be serving you. And that's okay. And just giving yourself that grace. But then taking it a little bit further and saying, if I continue with this behavior, this pattern, this choice, where am I going to be a month from now, two months from now, you know, a year from now? Is that where I want to be? And if the answer is no, well, what can I do about it? Do I need to get some support? Do I need to journal about this? Do I need to, you know, hire a therapist to dig into this work? What What is it for you? And I think well, as I said, it just really begins with that first, very first level step of the awareness. I think that's so true. And I think pairing the awareness with compassion, which is something I've yeah. learned along the way through, through therapy, through mentorship, yep. through all of that is like, 
to not have shame and guilt around that. Like mm. when you have the brownie, when the self-sabotage comes up, when you miss a week of workouts, right? Like the awareness of like, yeah, this is, this is creeping up and this is not the, the trend that I want here. And pairing that with compassion and like giving ourselves compassion and grace and be like, I understand you feel that way. Like, of course you'd feel that way. Like, you know, giving yourself that love and like the way you would talk to a girlfriend or the way you would talk to your child almost giving them that compassion and grace is something that I think us as women, mostly, you know, we kind of forget to do. We're really, we're really hard on ourselves. Yes. Um, And awareness and compassion are like, brother, sister, you know, they, they got to go hand in hand. Um, but that's really good advice. I think that's very, very great advice. Yeah. yeah. Ask no, yourself, I... ask yourself why and find out like, is this serving me? Is this direction I want to go in? And then like, where can I get some support here in yeah. this area? Yep. And I, I love that you brought up like checking in, like, is this how I would talk to my best friend? Is this how I would talk to my child? And that brings me to, you know, the body image and the body dysmorphia and just the way that you talk about your body. As a woman, we are so hard on ourselves, particularly when it comes to our body image. And what helps ground me, because I had a lot of struggles with body image and body dysmorphia, and there are times where it still comes up. But if I notice those thoughts beginning to creep in, you know, as I'm looking at myself in the mirror, I'm like, would I want our son talking to himself this way? you know, would I say these things to him or would I say these things to my best friend? And if the answer is no, then I have to say, well, why do I think I deserve to be spoken to that way? And then I have to, you know, dig into that and shift my languaging and how I'm talking about myself to one that feels better and feels more aligned. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's funny. It's not funny. It's interesting that (laughs) having this conversation because I had a similar conversation with a client this morning and then uh, I just talk about this. This comes up a lot with my mom friends and how like the moment we found out we were pregnant or for me, it was when I found out I was having a girl. Although I think I would feel this way had I had a boy first, but nonetheless, I had a little girl first and she's seven and it was almost an instant shift of like all of these things I'm thinking about my body, the things I'm saying about myself, they've got to stop like, yeah. immediately and it doesn't mean that those thoughts don't creep up now and then, but I don't say the things I used to say about myself because yeah. I even think, I even feel like on an, on a subconscious level that you're, you're, you're emitting that energy and people can really feel that. And if I could do one thing right in this world, it's to raise my daughter and my son, because we have a four-year-old son mm-hmm. to love their bodies. Like yeah. I grew up not loving my body. Yeah. I grew up with some pretty twisted views of what is beauty, what is perfection. Yeah. What do I have to do to get to this beauty and perfection? Being told at a young age that beauty is pain, like things I would never tell my own children. And like, if I do one thing right, it's leading by example with the way I treat my body. Yeah. And the way I love my body, even though it's not perfect, it's never going to be right. Yeah. To show that that. and model that for our kids. You know, when they come in the garage and they see me and my husband working out, they want to get down there with us because it's fun. Yeah. Mommy works out to get strong or mommy works out because it feels good. It's like, I never, I never drop the word fat around them like ever. And it's just so powerful. Like our words are so powerful and we have the opportunity 
as parents to really mold this next generation. And God, if there's anything I could hope and pray for this generation is that they don't have the body image issues that we did. Oh, I I pray for that too. And that's a big reason why I have come into this field as well is to help women like develop their own self-awareness and self-trust and self-confidence so that they can pass that on to the next generations and taking the step in the right direction to, like you were saying, love themselves enough to care for themselves in the way that they deserve to be cared for. Because when you approach it through that lens, instead of that lens of, you know, um, hating yourself and berating yourself and just feeling so negative about your body, those feelings, that energy just manifests itself. And then you end up not loving your workouts. You end up hating eating the salads. When you approach it through the lens of loving yourself, it's just a whole different ball game. And you enjoy the, the workouts you're doing. You enjoy nourishing yourself to feel great. You enjoy, um, you know, a morning routine or getting outside and all these different aspects of your healthiest self because you're doing it through a lens of, I love myself enough to treat myself in the way I deserve. That's so true. I think it was one of my Peloton instructors that I said a quote similar to that. <laughs> she said, um, it was Tune Day, and she said, like, can you love yourself into change versus hating yourself mm, yeah. into change? Because you can find drive from either one. Like, you can hate yeah. yourself enough to want to work out. But that manifests itself so differently than loving yourself into change. And, it's, and it sounds so easy, but it's not. It's much yeah. easier said than done. We are certainly aware of that, but it's... um it's a big shift. It can be a big game changer for sure. And I think what the first thing that I really help my clients with is just shifting their mindset around their body, around food, around their health in general, and developing one that's more aligned with the person they want to step into feeling and also digging into how they desire to feel. Because when you're really grounded in how you want to feel versus how you want to look, which there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a certain way, it's, it just helps you when you're not seeing those physical gains, the physical results that you want to, but you can dig into your feelings. Like, am I feeling more energized? Yeah. Like if I eat this certain meal, is it going to help my energy or deplete my energy? And it's just, it's a different approach to, taking care of yourself. I think that's key. I mean, I love that you start with mindset and helping people re reset and reframe that mindset, like, and taking it a step further than that, like what is one kind of baby step that somebody can mm. take if they want to improve their mindset or if they want to improve their nutrition, like what is a good kind of anchor habit or baby step for somebody? I mean, I'm thinking like a bit, something that everyone can do is really just paying attention to their water intake. I know that sounds so simple yeah. and so silly, but like, are you getting enough water? And then another baby step would be, is the way I like to do a nutrition audit um, and doing so with curiosity without the lens of judgment, because, you know, we can be so hard on ourselves, which we already talked about, but auditing your nutrition and just saying, is the way I'm eating now, number one, sustainable, and number two, helping me feel the way I want to. And I guess the other part of that would be to really identify how do you want to feel? Mm. That's, that's key. Like going into this before you make any changes is really sitting down and clarifying 
how do I want to feel and why do I want to feel that way? Like what's important about that for me? I love that. I love that you said, is it, is it sustainable? Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. that there's certain things that are, you know, quick fixes that yep. are not sustainable for some people and realizing that we are in this for the long haul, <laughs> realizing yeah. that this is a lifestyle and yeah. it's gotta be something that is sustainable. And for me, eating 1200 calories a day is not sustainable. Like that mm-hmm. sounds like torture, you know? Oh my and- gosh. Yeah. I cringe <laughs> at that. I'm like, Oh my God, I mean, I'm starving. <laughs> right. Like that's what a toddler eats a day, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Let alone, like I used to do that before I got into this five and a half years ago was when I started my journey that I was probably honestly eating less than that. I was depriving myself like during the day. No wonder I was super moody and binging, you know, almost every single night. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's great advice though about, um, your water intake. I always tell people that it's easier to add in a habit versus something yep, that's taking in. away. Yep. So that just feels, and ironically, you know, we, we always think we're drinking more water than we probably are. And it's yeah. a beautiful place to start. And I feel like if my water intake is on track, like a lot of other things just fall into place a little bit easier. And the water, when the water isn't there, it seems like other things seem to go. So it is a really good like anchor habit, um, to kind of stack on and like build on mm-hmm. other yeah. things. Um, yeah. I am a big, big fan of like owning the morning and starting our morning super intentionally. Like, do you have a morning routine? What does that look like for you? I do. I love my morning ritual. And when I do not have the time for my my morning ritual, I'm not the most pleasant person. I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> I have to have like that. I am the type of person that does really well with alone time. I like to just be and like sit with my thoughts and um, which to be honest can be hard for me because I'm also the type of person that's like always go, go, going. So this is like the time that I really block off to just not rush around. Um, usually I'll wake up by 5am with this time change. It's been a struggle, honestly, (laughs) this time change has been awful. Um, but usually I get up at five and then I will drink a ton of water. I usually drink like 16 ounces upon waking up. Um, and then I will, um, trying to think like journal. I love to journal. Um, it's really just a simple journal of like, how I'm feeling, how my sleep was. I like to track my sleep, uh, where I'm at in my cycle. I track that. And then I will write down affirmations. And then after that, I do some intu- uh, intuitive card pulls, um, that feel good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meditate, I usually meditate for five to 10 minutes and then I'm always working out. I like to work out first thing in the morning. Otherwise it just, it doesn't happen for me. <laughs> That sounds like a glorious morning routine. I love that. I mirror a lot of those same things and it's just, it's not a perfect system No, (laughs) and it is not easy to get up early in the mornings. Um, but I think even just having, and it doesn't have to look like ours, right? Like whatever works for you, whatever feels good for you, but, but having that intentional time with yourself before your kiddos wake up or before you have to slam into your day, like, it just makes me, I'm the same. It makes me a nicer person. And if I don't get it, mm-hmm. cause I was up too late the night before watching God knows what on TV, <laughs> but, like I, it changes my day. I feel perpetually behind. I yep. feel anxious. I feel rushed. So morning is definitely a big, big piece of my day. And a lot of it, I mean, honestly, even has to start the night before, right? Like if I want to yeah. get up at five 15, I need to go to bed early. <laughs> I yeah. can't stay up till 11 and get up at 5 15. I just don't operate that way. Yeah. That's um, why I like like putting that into place because it helps other 
habits fall into place um, because you have to be really intentional about it. And then again, if I'm all about the why, it goes back to like, why do I want to have a morning ritual and routine? Why do I want to be implementing this stuff? It's not just because, you know, Jessica and I are saying morning routines are wonderful. Uh, You have to feel if that's aligned for you and identify why you would want to do that and what kind of components would feel right for you and your goals and how you desire to feel. Exactly. Great call out. I think realizing like, okay, what about this doesn't feel right? Like I'm, I'm hating feeling behind. I'm hating feeling yeah. rushed. So how can I add in, what can I add in to change that up? Um, yeah. Exactly. If that is, if that is working for you, I think that's absolutely, absolutely. What is, um, I love to ask people this question. This is one of my favorite questions, but what is one thing you would go back and tell your younger self? Ooh. That's a good one. I mean, there's there's a lot so of many. I'd, I'd write her a novel. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I think I would just go back to my younger self and tell her not to be so hard on herself mm. and just let her know, like, you are beautiful just as you are and people love you for who you are. And you don't have to try so hard and work so hard and fit into this certain mold to be worthy of love. I mean, uh, mic drop. Like that is, <laughs> that is key. That is so key. Yeah. I wish, I wish I realized a lot of things younger in life. I mean, mm-hmm. I really do. There's something about that, you know, your twenties and even your early thirties where it's just like, you're still figuring it out. And yeah. there is that, um, you're striving for perfection, which is unattainable and just mm-hmm. re- reassuring yourself that like you are worthy of all things, whatever you desire, you are worthy of. And like truly, truly believing that is a process. Right. And I think that's yeah. beautiful, beautiful advice to go back and, and tell your younger self, Oh, that's so good. That gives me like all the feels. Well, I want to tell people about your podcast and I want to make sure that um, people can find you. If people want to check you out, they want to work with you. If they want to listen to your podcast, uh, what are some ways that they can find you? So yes, first and foremost, my podcast is called the Feel Your Best Podcast. So come on over and check it out. Jessica will be on there in the near, near future. So yes. lots of fun um, episodes over there. And then you can find me on Instagram at Meg Lafferty. Um, and I do have a brand new Ditch the Diet Club, which is a monthly membership that is opening. It's open now and officially starts on April 17th. And it's, as I said, a monthly membership where we dig into the best way to learn how to nourish your unique body and stepping away from that restrictive plan that doesn't feel good for you. And there's um, monthly meal planning sessions. There's Q&A sessions. It's a lot of fun. It's a great space to just come into community with other women who are just striving to feel the best they can in their body. I love that name, Ditch the Diet Club. That's... yes. That's yep. epic. I love that. I love that. We <laughs> will, uh, I'll make sure and link to your Instagram and um, your podcast, as well as the link for people to get more info about the monthly membership. I think that, I mean, we're all craving that community. We're all craving mm-hmm. that connection, especially as mamas, as women, as you know, people in this space. So we will, I will absolutely link that for you. Um, but I just want to, you know, acknowledge you and, I'm really grateful for you, even though we just met, like, I feel like we are kindred spirits. We have a lot of commonalities and, um, I love the work you're doing. I'm, I want to acknowledge you for that. And just, um, I think you're doing a fantastic job. We need more women like you in the world and we need more people teaching 
what you teach. So I think you're doing a fantastic job. Well, thank you so much. And right back at you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so <laughs> grateful for you. Glad we had you on the podcast. You guys go give Meg a follow and until next time, I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you soon, girl. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, you want to know how you can help me? Why don't you screenshot this podcast and share it to your social media? Tag me. My Instagram is at the fit life with Jessica. Take it another step further and leave me a review and a five-star rating in Apple podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks friend. Thank you.